Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It's 4.09 here at the station, 91 degrees and mostly sunny outside. So if you have your pool, if you have access to a beach, uh, today would be a good day to get in it and, and do the things you're doing. You know, we, we've been talking about the censorship from the government and, and such like that, but just the censorship from the mainstream media. And that's exactly what's going on. They they are they are collaborating and putting out a narrative that does not give you all the facts of incidents. They are dictating how you think and feel about events that are happening. Newsworthy events. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But why aren't they just giving you the facts and reporting the facts openly and honestly to let you determine how you feel about a situation? And one key point, and I was in a discussion with some New York City and some Philadelphia homicide people that I know, detectives that that I know, and we were in a discussion about this. And and I knew something was up when I didn't see the the media, the outright media attention that a shooting like this normally garnishes. And it's the Philadelphia shooting that took place, you know, on July fourth, and uh, you know, five dead people in Philadelphia. In in a shooting was the nation's worst violence around the Fourth of July, and if you read the story, and again, it's coming from the Associated Press, you know the 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 Citizens Voice, the Times Tribune, they all they all propelled it out there. It's missing a, a lot of key data, and if you look at the mayor of Philadelphia, if you look at the district attorney of Philadelphia, they both went on tirades during their press conferences for their own personal agendas in regards to this. They are using a tragedy, people being shot and killed, people being shot and wounded, children being shot, to propel an agenda rather than present all the facts to their citizenry down there in Philadelphia who deserve to know everything and the people in Pennsylvania and around the world, around the, sta- around the country. And that's not what happened. If you read through the, the Associated Press article, like I said, that was shared by a multitude of of newspapers, media organizations, and everything out there, it's very trimmed down, the facts that are behind it. And, you know, friends of mine in the Philadelphia Homicide Squad, while this was going on, was like, you know, just hold on, the facts are coming, the facts are going to come out, the facts are going to come out. And then it turned into, hang on, we're not sure if the facts are going to come out here because there's a obvious narrative that's being developed that's omitting a large portion of what was behind this shooting down there. And in Philadelphia, a 40-year-old killed one man in a house before fatally shooting four others in the streets of Philadelphia neighborhood, then surrendered to police officers after being cornered in an alley with an assault rifle, a pistol, extra magazines, a police scanner, and a bulletproof vest. A two-year-old boy and a 13-year-old boy were also wounded in uh, the working class area of Kinslinging. The site of the nation's worst violence around the 4th of July holiday. Now we saw issues at other. There There were shootings in Texas. There were shootings in Chicago, New York. But being here in Philadelphia, as this was ongoing, I was monitoring it. I was seeing what was going on. And there was just something, it was being sterilized to some, some account. And I didn't know why at the time. People I knew that were in the know were like, just hang on, hang on, it'll come out, it's going to come out. 
And then their worries turn to, no, this is, this is being manipulated to, to omit a lot of facts in this case. And thankfully, some media organizations did get it out there. And I'm going to show you the two behind it. But uh, police were called to the scene, found gunshot victims, and started to help them before hearing more shots. Some officers rushed the victims to the hospitals while they ran towards the gunfire and chased the firing suspect. Officers ultimately arrested the assailant in alley. Police Commissioner Daniel Danielle Outlaw said in a news conference, the shooter had no connection to the victim's before the shooting, she said. On what's supposed to be a beautiful summer evening, this armed and armored individual wreaked havoc. Now, that meaning that they had the AR-15, they had a handgun, and they were had a bulletproof vest on. So the police chief in Philadelphia is referring to the person as armed and armored, firing with a rifle at their victim seemingly at random. Staff Inspector Ernest Ransom The homicide unit commander said witnesses interviewed and video indicated the suspect went to several locations in a ski mask and body armor carrying carrying an AR-15 style rifle. The suspect began shooting aimlessly at occupied vehicles and individuals in the street as they walked, he said. The vehicles included a mother driving her two-year-old twins home. One was wounded in the legs and the other hit in the eyes with glass shattered. They identified all the victims. Uh, I'm not going to get it. A two-year-old boy shot four times in the legs, and a 13-year-old shot twice in the legs were in stable condition, as were the two-year-old boy and 33-year-old women injured by the shattered glass when the gunman shot into their vehicle. Police said the suspect is believed to have acted alone, and there was no reason to believe anyone else is involved. Police and prosecutors said uh, no charges were planned at this point, against the second person taken into custody who's believed to have obtained a gun somewhere and fired back at the shooter. When you're under fire in a mass shooting, you are, there's a right to protect yourself others, said District Attorney Larry Krasner. So he's, he's whoever shot back at the shooter, unknown if that was a legal firearm or such, but the DA, Larry Krasner, is not pursuing charges with that. It could have been a legal gun owner. It doesn't really elaborate in the story. Uh, Authorities asked for patience as they investigated every aspect of the shooting. That investigation outlaw, that's Daniel Outlaw, the police chief, includes the why. Krasner, who's the DA of Philadelphia, said the suspect would face multiple counts of murder as well as aggravated assault and weapons charges and is expected to be denied bail. Uh, Danielle Outlaw goes on to praise her officers. And then it goes into, uh, you know, there was a shooting in Baltimore block party, shooting in Philadelphia, shooting in Fort Worth, Texas. Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney renewed his oft-repeated calls to do something about America's gun problem. A person walking down the city street with an AR-style rifle and shooting randomly at people while wearing a bulletproof vest with multiple magazines is a disgraceful but all-too-common situation in America, Kenny said. I was today at Independence Hall where they wrote the Constitution and the Second Amendment was never intended to protect this. Krasner said the morning after the shooting, he saw completely empty streets in a traumatized neighborhood on an otherwise beautiful morning. So, 
it goes into where Larry Krasner and Kenny, the mayor and DA of Philadelphia, goes on their agenda-driven speech there. And, and if you read the, uh, the article, you know, it, it's your everyday run-of-the-mill active shooter person where, you know, you want to blame guns, you want to blame the gun laws in America. But then when you dig into it and the pieces they leave out, the gunman is a cross-dressing BLM supporter who made chilling Facebook posts about black massacres and evil spirits. And the, thankfully the person's in custody, but there's pictures of the person, this, this, this gentleman, dressed in dresses with hoops earrings, who's made multiple posts on social media. In 2020, posted a video on Facebook of a burning Philadelphia police car that had been dubbed in graffiti and the letters ACAB, which stands for All Cops Are Bastards. He was also using a police scanner in an attempt to stay a step ahead of the cops, but was ultimately backed into an alleyway and surrendered. So the cowards surrendered once they were surrounded by the police. But they leave out the fact that this is a cross-dressing person with a history of violent social media posts, a history of anti-police posts, people showing pictures, uh, her showing, or him showing pictures of armed people saying Apollo is coming soon. I mean, again, the signs were there. Obviously, mental issues. But why leave that out? Why sanitize the issues when, when, you know, if this is out there immediately, if they knew about this? You know, posted uh, pictures of themselves on Facebook as early as March, dressed as a woman. There's more to this story than they're putting out there. And we deserve the entire facts. We deserve everything that they have, not cherry picking left and right to propose to promote their narratives. And, and I blame law enforcement first and foremost, but people like Danielle Outlaw, the police departments down there, are chosen by these politicians, are cho- chosen by their mayor to lead. And either they're going to toe a certain line or they're not going to have a job. The rank and file, on the other hand, like I said, I was in conversations with homicide detectives in New York and Philadelphia when this was all going on, started out confidently saying, hey, there's a lot more to this, and using their due diligence to not let it out there, let it go through the national, the, the, the natural progressions of an investigation, not giving me inside background information, but... They transformed and they morphed from, hey, there's going to be more to this story. Let, let, let's let it go through its natural process to, I don't think that the, the facts are going to get out there because they have a narrative they need. This shooter, heavily armed with this type of weapon, with a bulletproof vest, opened fire, and it's because of guns. It's because of lack gun laws. It's because of the things that are going on in Pennsylvania. As far as the legislator and guns, 
And that's the only reason. Not the public safety issues that the city of Philadelphia has been dealing with for as long as the DA's been there because of the incompetent policies that he's put in place. Not because you have a psychopath cross-dressing person who has a history of social media violent posts that no one's caught on to. It's none of those reasons. It's the gun. It's the gun owners. It's the Constitution was never meant for this. That's where they wanted this narrative to go, and that's where they made sure it went. But as the public, we deserve all the facts to make that decision for ourselves, not agenda-driven politicians or district attorneys to make that decision for us. 422 here at WILK. It's time for traffic and weather. Well, thank you, Rob. This Penteladata Internet traffic update. We have a backup on 81 northbound. It is just a mess between Waverly and Lenox. Coming southbound in the same area from Lenox to Waverly, you can expect to be dipping below the speed limit. It seems to be going very slow on 81 southbound between the Dunmore area and Avoca. And when you're heading out on Route 6 East, the KC Highway at Dunmore, that is very jammed up due to road work. 80 West also jammed up in the Bloomsburg area because of construction as well. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Today's sunny... Stray shower, maybe it looks like it's being ruled out high in the 90s tonight. Clear, low in the 67. Tomorrow, sunny with a chance of an afternoon pop-up thunderstorm high in the 90s. Friday, partly sunny. A better chance for a shower and thunderstorms in the afternoons, high 87. And Saturday, partly sunny. Showers and thunderstorms, high 87 as well. It's currently 91 degrees and mostly sunny at 423 here. Your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 426. You know, we were talking about the shooting in Philadelphia, this the tragic shooting. You know, any, any shooting where there's a loss of life, be it justified or not, is a tragedy for the person who died, their families. Um, you know, a lot of times their families are innocent to this. But here you, you had someone clearly with a history of hate, clearly with some mental issues, you know, cross-dressing, dressing women's dressing pull, uh, dresses, uh, you know, hoop earrings, anti-police rhetoric, pro-BLM, Black Lives Matter rhetoric, you know, threats against people on social media, and, uh, you know, was able to get these firearms, and I'm sure we'll find out how, was able to get bulletproof vests, Was had the, the wherewithal to have a police scanner so they, they could try and stay one step ahead of the police, and again, was, was, was the tough person to shoot randomly at people, including children in the streets, and kill people. But as soon as they were cornered by the police, they, they threw their weapons down and, and surrendered. So it just shows the type of people you're dealing with. But people like the district attorney of Philadelphia, people like the mayor of Philadelphia, want to use this, want to take any tragedy. And, and you, you, you hear it time and time again, you know, don't let any tragedy go to waste. And, and that's a big thing with people like a Larry Krasner with a Kenny, uh, the mayor of uh, Philadelphia, where they're going to mold this to fit their agenda, and, and they did their best, too, until the true information started getting out. Um, and hopefully it continues to come out, and we find out all we need to find out, but the fact that they wouldn't let us know this stuff from the start. They knew this stuff within an hour or two of this shooting, 
but yet the Associated Press and all the media organizations that I mentioned that picked up the story really doesn't mention any of that. It just mentions, hey, another mass shooting in America type type narrative. You know, these these bad mass shootings, which they are, but let's get to the root of all the facts of what, what, why they're happening rather than just you picking an agenda and deciding why it happened. We can go to the phones uh, now real quick. We have uh, Joe from Berwick on the profile of the, sh- the killer. Joe. Uh, well, Rob, I don't have good news for you. It's probably going to make some of your listeners angry. So right before I retired from the prison, they started in with this nonsense in the prisons of, of catering to all this uh you know, transgenderism and whatnot, right? And we would have inmates who were in there. These are convicted felons and whatnot. And it's it's one thing for a person to say that they're 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 transgender or homosexual. That's that's just just what it is. They're they're people and, and they don't they don't act different than anyone else other than, you know, maybe their 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 behaviors are you, you would question but that when there's a difference between that and people who are just outright deviants, okay? They're not one and the same. That's not what a, a transgender or a homosexual person is. Yeah, they would have these people in the prison who would claim this, and they would expect to be catered to. And they would break any rule they want, assault any CEO they want, do all this stuff, and the management would cater to them. Now, uh, people like me, I wouldn't tolerate it. I would look right at the management and say, okay, so you're telling me not to enforce the rules. If you put that in writing and, you know, absolve me from responsibility, I'll gladly do what you say. Well, well, they wouldn't do that. But what would happen is they would never go up to these individuals when they were misbehaving and say to them, no, you have to do what somebody tells you to do. You have to follow the rules. They would they, they would send people up to, to from Harrisburg, Try, uh, honest to God, trying to, you know, plead with these people. Oh, will you please behave? Because they 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 were catering to them. That's what they called sexual minorities. So when you get this same thing going on in our schools and all our public institutions, this is what happens. You cater to sick people who should be identified as being sick people, not transgender or anything else. They're 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 sick, selfish people, and yet that, that's. Now, when this man, unfortunately, goes off to our prisons, uh, I hope it's not true, but he could, he, they're, they're better than average chance he'll spend the rest of his life there doing the same kind of behavior in our prisons after he killed all these people and getting catered to as the victims because of the way things are currently run. Yeah, Joe, it's 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 we're gonna have to leave it there. But I appreciate you calling insight on that, and you're 100 percent correct. Yeah. Uh, they will manipulate yeah. the the system as uh, as as they've been allowed to do, and we've seen it time and time again in our prison systems. And if if they want to go into prison identifying as a woman, they'll put them in a woman's prison. Um, and it, you know, it's prison's prison, but you know, we we know how that's gone in a lot of situations. And again, instead of dealing with the root causes of this, this person who's obviously had a disturbed past, who who wasn't identified and slipped through the cracks. It's 432 here at WILK. It's time for the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 437. It's a point of the show where we honor our heroes across America who made the ultimate sacrifice. 75 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day throughout history, five of them from here in uh, Pennsylvania. 
We have uh, Patrolman Coleman Regis McDonough, Pittsburgh Bureau of Police, was shot and killed when he and other officers responded to a home on Chatsworth Street in which the father was involved in an argument between his daughter and her boyfriend. It was in 1965. Police Officer Louis Edward Wagner, Ingram Borough Police Department, July 5th, 1931, was killed in a traffic accident in the morning while on patrol on his motorcycle. Detective Truman Swain, the Philadelphia Police Department, in 1929, was shot and killed inside a garage at the corner of 7th Street and Christian Street in South Philadelphia. Detective Swain was killed when he attempted to stop a gun battle involving six men and a woman. That was in 1924. Police officer John N. Blanford, Philadelphia Police Department in 1907. Police officer John Blanford suffered a fatal heart attack after struggling with a subject he had arrested for disorderly conduct at approximately 7 a.m. And police officer Edward O'Dwyer, Pittsburgh Bureau of Police in 1881 succumbed to a stabbed wound sustained one week earlier while attempting to make an arrest streaming from an earlier disorderly conduct incident. And those were our five from here in Pennsylvania. Um, you can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. I am getting some text messages back and forth about uh, you know, me, me calling out the DA Krasner and Mayor Kenny about forming an anti-gun narrative, uh, but saying that they they see more pro-gun narrative stuff in there and that we're part of the problem as well. And again, I I am all for the proactive policing of illegal guns, obtaining illegal guns, possessing illegal guns, using guns in concert with a crime. I propose raising minimum Sentences to anyone who uses an AR-15 style rifle, anyone who uses extended magazine rifle. I propose and a proponent of using our mandatory minimums that every state has, the federal government has as far as firearms violations, and we're not. We're not using these things. So that's not turning a blind eye. That's not saying uh, I'm just not in line with punishing law-abiding citizens for their gun rights because of the illegal actions of a few. I say let's go after the few, let's make a deterrence by making criminal sentences so severe that people think twice about carrying a gun, possessing a gun, having a gun. I've seen it work firsthand. It does work. That deterrence is out there. Gang members in your most hardened areas, L.A. gang members, San Diego gang members, New York gang members, drug gangs that make millions of dollars, stopped carrying guns because they they knew that they would get stopped, questioned, and frisked if need be. The gun would be found, and they'd be arrested, and they'd be held to a minimum. So they, did, they stopped carrying their guns. The fact that we've done away with that, the fact that we've done, let, let the, the crimey criminal people in legislatures take those tools away from our law enforcement, they're all carrying guns again. They're all using guns again. And again, this omits the mentally ill shooting like we just saw in Philadelphia. Those things happen, and there's nothing we could do but try to identify these people before they hurt someone. But your everyday criminals out there, your gang members, your drug members who are using these firearms day in and day out in our inner cities have no deterrence now. There is no proactive police involvement going after them. There is no more 
mandatory minimums to punish them. So it is the wild, wild west in our cities. And you have your progressive, pro-criminal legislatures who are uh, these pro-progressive, pro-criminal mayors who are hiring police chiefs that kowtow to their policies to blame. Not the legal gun owner in America. You could take away all the guns from every legal gun owner in America. The criminals will still have them. It's as simple as that. It's 442 here at WILK. It's time for traffic and weather. Now, good afternoon, Rob. I'm just, I'm trying to pull up, oh my gosh, if I can get anything to work right this afternoon, it would be great. <laughs> oh, come on. That's what I say. Seriously, I just, <laughs> it'll be all right. This traffic update is brought to you by Penteladata Internet. It took about an hour to get through the construction going north. Um, on 81 at Waverly from Waverly to Lenox and southbound there's a broken down tractor trailer at the two uh, exit 203 in construction in the right lane so that is causing that area to slow down as well so beware of that happening as you are in the northern section of 81 between here and well between Clark Summit and the uh, New York border. We also have some slowing 81 southbound through the Scranton area all the way to Avoca. You're dipping below the speed limit, a little jammed up as you head onto the KC Highway, Route 6 East at Dunmore, and it is all backed up on 80 West at Bloomsburg due to road work. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, Froggy 101, Time Saver Traffic. Well, it's not Froggy 101, but it's Okay. (laughs) I was just thinking about where I needed to go there you soon. Go. <laughs> She's walking down the hall to Froggy 101, but this is WILK. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, clear, low 67. Tomorrow, sunny with a chance of afternoon pop up thunderstorms, high 90 again. Friday, partly sunny with a better chance for showers and thunderstorms in the afternoons, high 87. Saturday, partly sunny showers and thunderstorms, high 87 again. It's currently 92 degrees and mostly sunny here at 444 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's uh, 447 here at the station. Like I said, 92 degrees and mostly sunny outside. Gorgeous day. If you have a pool, make sure you get in it. I think I may get in mine when I get home today, hopefully about 7 o'clock. Get a little sunlight left before I get in. Um, Now... If you've been following the news, and if you're listening to this show, I'm sure you have been, um, a white substance was found in the White House West Wing the other day, and uh, it it just tested positive. The the preliminary testing showed it was cocaine, and it just uh, was confirmed to be cocaine this afternoon. Um, Now, there's been different narratives about where it's been found and the location over the transmission, something said. somebody said something about a library, but there's been confusion showing that on the, the D.C. Fire Department's hazmat team's handheld computers that they use, there's an onboard library on that, so they're not sure if that's what was meant. Now they're saying it was found in a heavily trafficked checkpoint at the West Wing where both visitors to the West, the West Wing you know, staff and people going on tours go through and leave their cell phones. Um, and, and 
quite honestly, do you really think we're going to find out the truth on on where was found, what was found, unless it's some poor person who was walking through the checkpoint on one of those tours and they got it? Now, speaking to to friends of mine who have worked with the Secret Service Uniform Division at the White House, at the West Wing, at the complex itself, said every square inch of that place is under video surveillance. They, no doubt, if they haven't already, know exactly where it came from, when it was put down, how it was put down, who it was put down by, and everything else around it. So, you know, the, the White House, the press secretary said that, you know, the president's been briefed on it. You know, I know there's been a lot of jokes about Hunter Biden. And, and if it was confirmed the library, that leads a little more credence. You know, I saw stories that Hunter Biden was in that library with his laptop um, doing some work. And again, how many libraries there in the White House? I don't know. So, uh, you know, you can use you can use your own judgment there. But I, again, I, I don't have I don't have faith in this administration that we'd find out the truth, even if they they know what happened there. But now they're saying. And the story's now changed to it was a checkpoint at the West Wing. Now, the West Wing is where the family, the first family, resides. But there are tours that also go through there. There's all also a plethora of staff that go through there. But it was found at a checkpoint where people put their phones to, to keep them because I guess they can't go through that area. And it was found at that table. It was first held as a hazmat incident. But uh, the radio communications, which I, I would say, I'm sorry, but should be encrypted if you're with the D.C. Metro Hazmat team inside the White House dictating uh, what's going on inside the White House. Uh, you know, I don't think that should be uh, going over the air. But the unknown item found in the West Wing that forced the brief evac- evacuation of the White House Sunday night drew a hazmat team to the executive mansion, initially tested positive for cocaine, according to officials and dispatch calls made that evening. Now, this is the the dispatch. We have a yellow bar stating cocaine hydrochloride, the D.C. firefighter said in a, ra- said in a radio communication at 8.49 p.m. Sunday. Bag it up and take it out, the firefighter told the hazmat team. Um, and, and again, the, the yellow bar stating cocaine hydrochloride, uh, with when you do field tests for narcotics or powdery substance, you normally have a whole listing depending on what color the bar. Sometimes you'll have a blue bar, sometimes you have a yellow bar, a red bar, and depending on the type of field testing you're using, it's different types of drugs. So him saying there's a yellow bar stating cocaine hydrochloride is just simply that it's a field test that's used. A lot of narcotics divisions use it to to get an instant that it's probably that's what you're looking for or the type of drug you're dealing with. So that's all that was. But there were also radio dispatches that said something about a library. And, uh, you know, they've kind of gone into these mappings of where this was found and what's this here and and what's going on there. Um, The Oval Office is right outside the West Wing. So, you know, it should be taken seriously. But it leads for plenty of 
and not that it should, but because of the situation that the Biden family has put the family in with Hunter there, it has uh, it's led to uh, some com- comedic value because that's a lot of the, the things that I saw all pointed to that. And, and even I posted, like, you know, I posted the story of the, the cocaine being found at the White House, and I put Occam's razor. You know, your most simplest solution is probably the right one. You have Hunter Biden living in the White House. But I, I don't think we're going to find out the truth in this one way or another. But make no mistake that the entire interior complex of the White House is under video surveillance. If someone accidentally dropped it or if someone put it down purposely to get rid of it, they're going to find out who it was. If we find out who it was, is a different story. But the Secret Service probably at this moment already knows who it was. It's uh, 4.54 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 4.57. I just got a text message. You guys never disappoint. Even if you knew the truth, you'd still make up stories to discredit Joe Biden's White House, probably left over from the formal guy or junior or planted by a deplorable. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. It was left over by the Trump administration. And listen, I don't have to discredit the Biden administration or the Biden White House. He does that every time he opens his mouth, every time he makes up a lie when he speaks. If you want to defend that, that's on you. Um, you know, I'm just not going to... gonna. I'm I'm not going to go there, and I don't need to discredit the Joe Biden White House. He does it each and every day he opens his mouth, like I said. Uh, we can go to the phones now. We have uh, Max from Mountaintop on Coke in the White House. Max. Okay, so... Your logic, your experience tells you that the municipality, the state, and federal legislation all works in harmony when it comes to laws of prosecution. If the prints are on the bag, who gets to prosecute that guy first that has the prints on the bag? Is it the local cops, the Capitol Police, is it the state cops or the federal cops? They're going to they're gonna pull those prints. Calmer and Jim Jordan are going to pull the prints by subpoena, get it in front of a committee, get whoever's prints are on the bag in that court, and have them prosecuted for the, through the DOJ. What do you think? Well, the Capitol Police don't have any standing on the White House grounds. It would be Secret Service. Uh, because, the, you know, the D.C. Metro was there, it, it'd be interesting to know it's federal property, so I would believe it would be the FBI. I, I don't buy that, because if a bag of dope ends up on the corner of Wyckoff and Decatur Street, somewhere near Myrtle Avenue, and you're the cop, who do you, how do you prosecute that bag? If it's just found narcotics with nothing on it? You got you, well. You have to you have to take it to, to forensics, right? Not if it's not if and it's not if it's small, not if it's a small quantity of a bag of complicity uh, with a crime. A crime could be municipal, state, or federal, or international in scope, right? I think this has to do more of the public safety issue of it being the White House. Who gets the bag? Well, the, like I said, the FBI would get the bag. Yes. So the buck stops at the FBI. All right, That's Max, where we're, we're gonna, at right now. Yep, we're going to have to leave it there. And I just saw a story in Politico saying they probably would never find the source 
the cocaine culprit unlikely to be found at the White House. That's from Politico. 